0: Perhaps could have chosen another way, but he couldn't. There had to be a human sacrifice. And so this morning I'm going to talk about becoming human. I loved Mac's expression when, uh, I don't know if it was him or one of them, that mentioned the diapers, and he covered his face. I've, I've, I've covered my face to some of them too. Y'all all, we, we, we laughed because it was so real. I mean, whoa, there's Godzilla, you know, you've got to take care of it. baby Jesus had a bad diaper what a way to start a sermon but I want to talk about babies I want to talk about becoming human and how significant that is And we got the quilts here to remind us about babies and being born and you were born and the Bible tells us there's a time to be born and a time to die so I want to talk about babies this morning Thanksgiving we were out at Atlanta's house in Gallup And uh, Lana has a big family. She's got two sisters. Uh, She has a brother, and they've got kids. Marla's got five. Some of them are married. Our two are married. We've got a big crowd. So we were all there on Thanksgiving for Friday, just a few weeks, a week or so ago on a Friday. They're all there. Our granddaughter, Madeline, is nine years old. She's the last baby that's been born in the family. And so uh, we were going to have a baby come to the house. It happened to be kin to my son-in-law, Blake. Now, I was my son-in-law's pastor for eight and a half, nine years up at Crossville. So Blake's brother, Trent, and his wife, Lindsay, were going to come to Gallant, and Blake's mom and dad, Nelson Shirley Wilkes, were all close to them. They've been down to Gallant before, and they were coming too on Thanksgiving, and we were going to celebrate. But we were all waiting because Blake's brother, Trent, and Lindsay, they live in Mobile, they've had a baby, little Pearl. Pearl Wilkes. She's three months old. I hadn't seen her and so we were all excited we were having Thanksgiving eating everything but everybody was waiting for Pearl to show up. It was exciting and you, you would have thought Jesus showed up down in Galant because when they brought Pearl in she was asleep and you know how beautiful babies can look when they're asleep. She was still in the car seat and all of Lana's family I mean just as many babies as we've had in that family which have been quite a few they acted as if It's a baby. And they all were excited. Oh, she's asleep. She's asleep. You know how we do that? You're grinning because we all do that about babies. When she finally woke up again, we would pass by and look, she's still asleep, you know. So finally, Pearl woke up, and it was just this huge, big deal about this baby being in the home. Well, I know most of us grew up in the church, and we grew up in Christian homes, and We understand God becoming a human is critical theologically. Tyler preached last week about the waiting, 2,000 years from the promise of Abraham, and then now we're 2,000 years to the second advent. God decides to show up on this earth. It wasn't that wonderful. No place to sleep. Herod's trying to kill off the babies and does so in Bethlehem. That's the world that our God decided to show up in and become a human. Every week when we quote the Apostles' Creed, we remind ourselves every week, born of the Virgin Mary, but then we talk about Pontius Pilate, and he was crucified, dead and buried. On the third day, he rose from dead. We talk about his birth and his death every week. God became a human. That's what separates us from all other religions in the world. They may claim Jesus, great prophet, Muslims do, great prophet, good guy, but no, not human. But we do. It's human. Matthew and Luke tell the story. They tell us about the birth of Jesus. They go into the Magi coming and and they talk about the angel coming and talking to him. but in John, the first chapter, verse 14, John just goes straight for the home run. He hits a grand slam, and he doesn't talk about it all the way. He just says the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and He was from the beginning with God, and all things were made through Him. And then John says in John 1, 14, that the Word became flesh, and He dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten, full of the Father, full of grace, and full of truth and so we do make a big deal about christmas and we should during advent and christmas season we preachers use the word incarnation we use it repeatedly especially around christmas time most of you know what it means let me give you a definition and why is incarnation why is it necessary incarnation is a term used in christian teaching to indicate that jesus the son of god took on Human flesh. It means the act of being made flesh, and we just read about it. it comes from the Latin word incarnation, as we read in John 1:14 that the Word became flesh. Merriam-Webster. I looked up several definitions, but for Merriam-Webster's de- definition of incarnation, the first one's kind of an alien definition: the embodiment of a deity or a spirit in some earthly form. But then Merriam-Webster's second is it is the union of the divine, the divinity and the humanity found in Jesus Christ. So incarnation. Let's read about the story from Luke. I'm going to read in Luke the first chapter. I'm going to read verses 30 through uh, 38. It begins this way. Then the angel said unto her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb, and you will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. Apparently God had an ultrasound. He already knew we are going to be a little boy. Verse 32, and he will be great. And he will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. Remind you of this young teenager, more than likely Mary was a young teenager. And she's listening to all this. You're going to give birth to someone's reign that will never end. The kingdom will never end. And then Mary asked us a question. She said, how can this be since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said unto her, the Holy Spirit is going to come upon you. And the power of the highest is going to overshadow you. Therefore also the Holy One is to be born will be called the Son of God. Again, she's receiving all this information. It goes on to tell us, it says in verse 36, Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. So she was going to give birth to John the Baptist. Then the angel declares in verse 37, for with God nothing shall be impossible. Nothing will be impossible. And then Mary said one of the most powerful faith statements found in the Bible. She said, behold the maidservant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Don't forget that statement. Let it be unto me according to what your word says. Do you ever claim that for yourself? I want to suggest that you do because if you're saved this morning, I'll just give you one example. We quoted it a while ago, the gospel in one verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him. If you're saved this morning, you said be it unto me according to what the word says. Isaiah said, who hath believed our report? Paul quoted it in Romans again and said, Isaiah said, who hath believed our report? We have. We have that. Be it unto me according to your word. And so, we have believed. The chrismon tree that Sheila made reference to are very powerful symbols. Symbols of Christianity have been around for a long time. The cross, the fish, the manger... But making them into ornaments is relatively new, 50, 60 years, maybe 70. But it has become a tradition in many churches, and uh, it's a great way to teach. You can see them better if you cut the light off, the chrismon trees. And I've got one up here that is actually a manger. It looks like a little stick figure, but I want to thank those in our church who hand-make these. That's an anointing, an aura around the child. probably did not have that, as you well know, but the symbols have become very powerful ways to teach and so forth. Another very powerful symbol, of course, is the crosses. We have them everywhere. But then we decided to put them on a tree, a secular tree, and make them all about Christ. Notice how many crosses are all over it. It's a reminder that not only does God become a human, but he's also going to die as a human sacrifice. Another powerful symbol is light. God said, let there be light. Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. You have light in you because you have Christ. And so that's a powerful symbol that we use. Now, traditions can be good as long as they stay focused on the truth. And I hope that all of this because there was no advent wreath. There's nowhere in the Bible that says, thou shalt have an advent wreath and three candles shall be purple and one pink. I mean, nowhere does it say that in the Bible. It's all tradition. I like it. But we don't need to let the tradition become an idol. Is that possible? Well, look at the Old Testament. They did it repeatedly. We've been studying the minor prophets, and every one of them talk about that Israel got into idolatry because they started worshiping the traditions and not worshiping the Messiah. So let us use these for what they're supposed to be used for, to point to the one who came and the one who's going to come back. Powerful symbols. After Mary was given this information that she was to give birth to the Son of God, again I remind you of her response. Let it be unto me according to your word. My daughter Audra is with child. Madeline's nine, and now we're going to have a little boy. And uh, she came by, Audra came by the office a couple of weeks ago or so, and she needed to use my computer, and so she was in my office, and when she got ready to leave. I walked her out to the car, and we talked some, and I, I hugged her and gave her a kiss, and then out in the parking lot, I put my ear against her belly. I said, hey, buddy, this is Papa, and I just talked to him, and that's not the first time I've talked to him, but I, me and him kind of had a conversation together, and uh, Then it kind of dawned on me when I stopped doing that that I'm out in the parking lot, cars are everywhere, people are walking by, cars are going by, and I'm thinking to myself, Preacher had his ear down against some woman's belly that was half his age. We've all talked to them. I'll talk to that baby again. Audra and Blake, uh, they got a little human inside of Audra. That baby is going to come forth in February. In fact, it's February the 14th is the due date. They have already given him his name. They talk to him. They read to him. They sing to him. And they have felt him move. Most of us who have children or grandchildren, we, we know that experience. Over the Thanksgiving holidays, Audra said to Madeline, come here, Madeline, come here. Because she knew he was moving. Now, up until now, the only humans who have felt that human move is Dave, and, I mean, Audra and Blake. But Madeline, on Thanksgiving, on that Friday I told you about, she came over there and put her face down it. And the baby gave her a high five, I think it was. It may have kicked her, I don't know. She was so excited, and I told her I was going to tell this story. And she started telling everybody in the house, I felt him. Papa, I felt him move. I'm the only one. I'm the only first cousin on our side that's felt him move. Yeah, I felt him move. And so she was telling everybody, so excited. She got to feel the baby move. I felt him move. I know most of you have experienced this. Have you felt God move? Have you you felt God in your heart? I hope you have some neat experience with the Holy Spirit. Just lets you feel God this Christmas. Perhaps you're here this morning. I don't understand what I'm saying. I go back to what Mary said. That's how we experience God move. Be it unto me according to your word. I receive it. I accept who you are. And the same Holy Spirit, the same Holy Spirit who overshadowed Mary and conceived in her God, in human form, is the same Holy Spirit who was present when he raised him from the dead and he's the same Holy Spirit that he's allowed us to have so we can say, I felt him move. I feel him move. Be it unto me according to your word. For his name will be called Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. And he had to become human in order to fulfill that. Thanks be to God for Christmas. Let's pray together. God, we love you this morning. Praise you. Lord, I've preached this a lot, but I I still, all my life I've known this, but still just the power of it. That you loved us so much that you became human. We praise you this morning. I pray for any here this morning who need to respond and say, I want to believe. I want to believe in Christ. I want to feel him move in my heart. And do a work. Lord let those have freedom. Who need to respond. We pray this in Jesus name. Amen. As we sing this closing hymn. I invite you.